Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you on this holiday weekend. Shout out to all of those watching and tuning in. When we say holiday weekend, you know, we get a day off, but sometimes when we get a day off, we don't know why. This weekend is Memorial Day. Tomorrow will be the day that we remember those who gave their lives in service to this country. Now, whether you're pro this country, anti this country, I think all of us would agree there's a deep reverence for anyone who gives their life to serve their country and people. And I want to take a moment and pray for all the families across this nation that have lost somebody and also honor those who serve and pray for those that have lost somebody outside of our nation, serving their nations. And honor them as they're serving their nation as well. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for individuals that show us service unto death. That's you, Jesus. You you showed us that. We know freedom isn't free. And we pray for all of the families that have lost a loved one that has served this nation or a nation across this world, and we ask for your comfort, your peace, and that you will bring peace to their life, but all of our lives. We also honor those that serve to make this world better, and we thank you, and we remember that right now in Jesus Christ's name, amen. You know, it's interesting when you think of Memorial Day, real quick before we go to a video, is there's this individual in the book of Acts, which that's what we've been in, and his name's Cornelius. And Cornelius serves the Roman regime. And as he serves the Roman uh, Empire, God looks down, and, he, and as he sees the Roman Empire, it's definitely not doing everything God's way. It grieves him, I'm sure. But yet, Cornelius was a soldier serving, and it said that he was faithful. And here he is being faithful under something that necessarily wasn't representing God. And I think that's a great picture for us uh, as we think of Memorial Day weekend. All right, we're going to look at the second uh, half of Acts, if you will. There's no way we can cover the 15 chapters fully. But we're going to do an overview with the Bible Project, and then today... We're going to think about people we've never met in places we've never seen, I pray, in a fresh way. Check this video out from the Bible Project, overview of Acts 13 through 28. The book of Acts 
In the first video, we watched Luke open the book by showing us how the risen Jesus was exalted as the king of the world. He promised to send the Holy Spirit as his own personal presence to empower his followers to go out into the world and bear witness to the good news about his kingdom until he would return one day. And so the movement began in Jerusalem as the Spirit came and formed Jesus' followers into the new temple promised by the scriptural prophets. But this generated conflict with the leaders of Jerusalem, and so it led to the persecution of the Christians. But the Spirit transformed it into good. It actually became the means by which the originally Jewish Jesus communities were pushed outside Jerusalem to become a multi-ethnic international movement. And the flagship church of this diverse Jesus movement was in Antioch, the largest city in that part of the Roman Empire. So we left the story with Barnabas and Paul serving in the Antioch church, and the Spirit prompts the church to send them on a missionary journey, which opens up a whole new section of the book. The story is about Paul and his co-workers traveling to different cities around the Roman Empire, announcing the good news that Jesus is king. The first mission is into the interior of what's called Asia Minor, found in modern Turkey, and it ends with an important meeting of the apostles back in Jerusalem. The second mission is through Asia Minor and then into ancient Greece. And then the third mission is through that same territory again, and it concludes with Paul's journey all the way back to Jerusalem. Now, in recounting all these stories, Luke has highlighted a number of important themes by repeating them. So first is the continued mission to Israel. Whenever Paul enters a new city, he always goes first to the Jewish synagogue to share about the risen King Jesus and how he's forming a new multi-ethnic family of God. Now, most often, lots of people come to recognize Jesus as the Messiah, but some oppose Paul. Sometimes they even throw him out of town as a dangerous rebel who opposes the Torah and Jewish tradition. And this tension culminates after the first journey, leading to an important council in Jerusalem. So Paul discovers that there are some Jewish Christians in Antioch, and they're claiming that unless non-Jewish people become Jewish by practicing circumcision, the Sabbath, obeying the kosher food laws, that they can't become part of Jesus' family. But Paul and Barnabas, they radically disagree. And so they take the debate to a leadership council in Jerusalem. Now there, Peter, Paul, and James, the brother of Jesus, they all show from the scriptures and from their experience that God's plan was always to include the nations within his covenant people. So they write a letter requiring non-Jewish Christians to stop participating in pagan temple sacrifices, but they don't require them to adopt an ethnically Jewish identity or obey the laws in the Torah. Now, this decision was groundbreaking for the history of the Jesus movement. Jesus, he's the Jewish Messiah, but he's also the risen king of all nations. And so one's membership among his people is not based on ethnic identity or following the laws of the Torah. It's based simply on trusting Jesus and then following his teachings. And it's this multi-ethnic reality of the Jesus movement that leads us to the next theme Luke wants us to see in the missionary journeys, namely the clash of cultures between the early Christians and the Greek and Roman world. Luke records multiple clashes in Philippi, Athens, and Ephesus. 
Paul goes and announces Jesus as the revelation of the one true God and as the king of the world, who shows up all other gods and idols as powerless and futile. And his message is consistently viewed as subversive to the Roman way of life, and he gets accused of being a dangerous social revolutionary. These stories show how the multi-ethnic, monotheistic Jesus communities did not fit into any cultural boxes known to the Roman people. The ancient world had just never seen anything like them. And the Christians aroused more than just suspicion. Another theme Luke repeats is how Paul and the Christians are constantly being accused of rebellion, even treason against Caesar, the Roman emperor. People heard Paul correctly. He was announcing that there's another king, Jesus. And they also correctly saw that the Christian way of life was a challenge to many Roman cultural values. But every time Paul gets arrested and interrogated before Roman officials, they don't see any threat and he's dismissed. These stories show us the paradox that the early church presented to the world. It was a Jewish messianic movement, but it was ethnically diverse, full of communities that treated men and women and rich and poor and slave and free all as equals. And they all gave their allegiance to King Jesus alone and no other God or king. And so their very existence, it turned upside down the core values of Roman culture, but the Christians posed no military threat because Jesus taught them to be people of peace. And so the only crime Paul and the Christians can be accused of is not conforming to the status quo. The book's final section returns the focus to Paul's witness spreading from Jerusalem to Rome. His final missionary journey ends back in Jerusalem, where his controversial reputation precedes him. He gets attacked by Jewish people who think that he's betrayed Israel, which attracts the attention of Roman soldiers who think Paul's a terrorist from Egypt starting a rebellion. And so he gets arrested. From here, Paul is put on trial, first before the Jewish leaders of the Sanhedrin in Jerusalem, but then before a series of Roman leaders in Caesarea. There's Governor Felix, who puts Paul off for the next governor, Festus, who eventually brings Paul before King Agrippa. He ends up in prison for years, even though at each trial the charges never stick to him, because all he's doing is announcing that his hope in the resurrection has been fulfilled in King Jesus. This is hardly a crime, but at this point the Roman legal machine can't just turn him away, and so Paul ends up appealing to Rome's highest court. Now, you would think that all this prison time would be a setback for Paul because his heartbeat is to be on the road starting new Jesus communities. But the Spirit orchestrates everything for good in this book. And so the imprisonment gives Paul time to have his most important apostolic letters written. And these become the way that his missionary legacy is carried on long after he dies. Eventually, Paul was transferred as a prisoner to Rome, and after a terrifying near-death voyage across the Mediterranean, Paul ends up in house arrest in Rome, awaiting his delayed trial. And so he's able to host, in quite a nice house, regular meetings that reach Jews and Gentiles. And the book's final words are about how Paul is announcing the kingdom of God and boldly teaching all about the Lord, Jesus, the Messiah, totally unhindered, all happening right under Caesar's nose in Rome. The unified work of Luke Acts, it does so much more than give us a history of Jesus and the early church. He's showing how the kingdom of God came on earth as in heaven through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, through the coming of his spirit to empower the church to bear witness from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth.
And as Luke has told the story, he's given us scores of example of what faithfulness to King Jesus looks like. It looks like sharing the good news of the risen King Jesus in word and in action. It means forming diverse Jesus communities where people of all kinds come together, where they're treated equally and give allegiance to King Jesus and live by his teachings. And all of this is done by trusting in the power and the guidance of the Spirit to lead the way forward. And that's what the book of Acts is all about. Receive power. To do what? Well, Acts 1, 8 reminds us what we do. End, and that's what the Apostle Paul was doing. He finds himself in prison. And then after the book of after the book of Acts, today's message is titled, To the Ends of the Earth. And I want to read Acts 1, 8 how we started this series, and to remind us the starting place of what the Spirit's purpose was. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You know, if a tree falls in the forest, there's been the question, well, does it make a sound if nobody's there to hear it? Well, based on examples in the past, I think we would say if a tree falls in a forest, of absolutely does it make a sound. Well, no one's there to hear it. Yeah, but we know if a kid cries and nobody's there to hear it, does it matter to God? Does it make a sound that he hears? Well, of course, because we hear the cries of kids. But if nobody's there to hear it, does it matter? What would be the greatest tragedy? If someone has never heard the gospel and no one's there to share it, does it matter to God? Oh, you better believe. We have examples of those that have heard it and their lives are transformed. I got a call once from uh, good friends in the church here. And they had our kids for the night. And uh, we were at a wedding, and I get the call, pick up the phone, and they say, hey, uh, uh, CBS is here, blah, 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 and they want to come get the kids, uh, or they said we can keep them, what should we do? And I missed part of it the first time. I'm at the wedding, everyone's dancing, everyone's, you know, getting excited, I'm like, CPS, and what did I hear? You know what I heard? I heard CPS, kids. Take them or they stay. That's what I heard. Well, where are my kids at? There. Well, I missed that, that, that CPS had called about another family that we're helping. And they said, hey, if you'll take the kids, because we trust what City Life is doing, then you can have them tonight and we'll figure out more later. And I said, hey, repeat it. This happened all in a split second. Repeat it again. And I heard it and was like, oh. And, and it's clear as day. It's clear as day. My, of course I cared when I heard it was somebody else's kids. I cared exponentially more when it was my kids. And I could sense this, that God was like, yeah, that's how I feel about every kid on this planet. That's how I feel about every person on this planet. It's to the ends of the earth. The global mission, 
the good news, not only to our backyard, local is global, y'all, but global is local. It's both and all the time. Well, what do we do to go reach the world? What do we do with this power? What do we do to go witness? Well, the first thing we would ever do is we got to get ready to be sent. The same way in Acts 1, when the Holy Spirit comes upon them, Jesus says, you wait for the Spirit. Get ready to be sent. Where's that from? Oh, look, let's look. Acts 13, verse 1. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barabbas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, a close friend of Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. And as they were worshiping the Lord, Jesus, you're the God of the broken. Uh, you are close to the weak. Yeah. Uh, you're my one and only shelter. Woo. Ever present help when I'm need. Something like that. Yeah. You're the God. And then they're fasting. They're like, we're not eating today. We just want you, Lord. We just want you. We want the spirit. We want the spirit. I think everybody's like, yeah, I want the spirit. I want the spirit. I want, oh, I want God for me. I want God for me. All right, well, get ready because here's what the spirit might say. Set apart for me Barat, uh, Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. What kind of work? Who's Saul? Saul's Paul, who eventually will go get beheaded for this good news. Imprisoned, shipwrecked, city to city. Multi-ethnic churches planting, Jew, Gentile, sharing the gospel that people can be saved. They can be rescued. This is the story that God's people, under oppression in Egypt, God rescues them out. He's going to take them to a promised land. But we're always so focused on the promised land. We're focused on the things. We're focused on the kingdom. But we forget what the king actually did. He got us into the kingdom. And that's the greatest news we possess, is that people can be saved. They don't have to be unheard forever. That God hears their cries. And he's making all things new. But where does it begin? Who is he making all things new first? You, me. So we show up in any place. Hey, man, God wants to make everything new. Well, things don't look new around here. Who are you talking to? Well, he doesn't want to just make your house new or your streets new or make sure you got food and water, though he cares about those things. But what he wants to make new is you, and he wants to get that relationship back with him because our sin, evil, darkness, has separated us from what we need, the source of life most, which is God. And in Jesus Christ, we have access. We have the mediator. We have the bridge. We have the spirit. Jesus followers, we have the spirit of the living God in us to go tell mankind they can be saved. And God can make them brand new and they can be born again. And so it says, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Then after they had fasted, prayed, and they laid hands on them. They sent them off. We got to be get, all the time getting ready to be sent, sending off. And then secondly, nothing else matters in comparison to the good news. Are causes important? Oh, yeah. What kind of causes? Does God care about life? Yeah. Does he care about people being adopted? Yeah. Does he care about ending uh, sex trafficking? Yeah. Does he want to stop all the racial injustices we see? Yeah. Does he want to have opportunity for all people? You better believe it. Does he want water to everybody? Yeah, of course. Does he want us to take care of this planet? You be- Come on, all of it. You get it. But, but the greatest thing he cares about is our souls. And the good news 
is always synonymous with action. But action, apart from the good news, is dead works. It can be good for a lifetime, but it won't be God works. And anything outside of God just doesn't resurrect. And this can be used as a shallow excuse to not do good works. No, but we can't just do good works in our own name. We come in the name of Jesus Christ, which comes with good news to save mankind. So in light of comparison to the good news, nothing else matters. You might say, that man, that's really harsh. Well, let's just look at Acts 20, 24. Here's what Paul says. But I consider my life no value to myself. It's worth nothing. My purpose is to finish my course in the ministry I received from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel, meaning good news of God's grace. You can't earn it. Your good works can't get it. But God's grace is here to make you brand new. That though you're a sinner, his love stepped in to die for us. The good news. The good news to die for who, though? To die for who? To die for just my kids? Or just the ones we know? Or the ones that look like us? Or on the region we're in? The whole book of Acts, if it teaches us anything, it pushes past city, it pushes past county, it pushes past state, it pushes past nation, it pushes past nations, and it finds ourselves with a global message that mankind can be united with their king. It's awesome because everyone matters to God. That's number three. Everyone matters to God. Romans 10, 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Israel didn't call on the name of their Lord. Some, but they rejected, and it goes on to continue in the passage talking about them. How then can they call on him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? Well, you know what the most um, uh, logical position would be if we read this? If everyone matters to God and if everyone who can call on the name of the Lord can be saved. But how are they supposed to know unless they hear about it? Well, why would we go share? That would be the worst thing we could do. Because if they don't know and they've never heard... Well, they surely can't be guilty, right? You want to hear the toughest part of what we believe in. The toughest part. Is the, the bad news is so bad that every single person is dead in sin. We're all born into it. It's depravity. Come on, that doesn't seem fair. I don't know. I didn't make the rules, but I can see inside of us all that there is a bent, there's a sin nature. It's how you can teach your kids to do what's right, but you don't have to teach them how to lie. And you don't got to go far in the world to see that there's evil. There has to be some solution for it. But Romans 1 gives us the picture that no one is without excuse. They all know, we all know that God exists by just looking around at what he created. And our sin nature rejects him. 
Well, what about those that have already died and never heard about Jesus? I'm not exactly sure how all of the judgment takes place. That's up to God. But I know that that should lead me to wanting people to hear because no one's without excuse and no one is without guilt and everyone will stand before a holy God and Jesus is the only way. And the greatest tragedy is not if somebody doesn't get water or food, it's that they've never heard the gospel. And it's a mystery. We don't save people, so we don't feel, um, we shouldn't feel the weight and the pressure to save people. But at the same time, we should feel the passion that God wants to save people. Where does that come from? The passion that God saved me. And my life is worth nothing. I consider it no value. I want to finish the course that the Lord set before me so that I can share the gospel of God's grace. That's what Paul meant. And everyone matters. So everyone's on God's list to reach. And Point four is God's love reaches to the ends of the earth and he uses us to share his good news. It's like he partners with us. He doesn't have to. We're the messengers. This perfect message through these imperfect people, it's so perplexing. What? Come on, God, choose somebody else. There's gotta be more qualified people. The glorious gospel through these fragile clay jars like us. Yeah, one of the great mysteries of who God is. We need examples in life of people that leave the comfort zone, leave to go do heroic things. Maybe you remember last year, this movie called Free Burma Rangers, about the Burma people that were in uh, so much war and being oppressed that the United Nations didn't believe it, that finally they had to get cameras just to get help, to show people it was real. And that's how this film was filmed, <laughs> in the middle of war. But there was these missionaries there trying to step in the gap and be there and be amongst and learn from. And not, we gotta be careful as missionaries. We don't think, oh, oh, we're here to save. No, 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 no. God's already put greatness in them. The gospel wants to empower them. It's about empowering indigenous leaders of where God has them, what they're doing, where they're going, and everything for them. And we're coming alongside, we're being with. That, that is what it's about, amongst that's why even the idea of missions, to me, should come with a disclaimer. We need to teach it because we think that people are the, our mission when really we're God's mission and now we're with that, what God wants to do, which is love God, love people, and no one is minimized to a project or we don't come as we have some savior complex. That's ridiculous. So we got we to gotta get that stuff out of our mind as God wants to reach people. But this movie is so powerful, and um, Francis and Lisa Chan they, they react to it. I thought it was really cool. Francis Chan is a very popular leader in the body of Christ. And we've shown clips here in this church before about this movie. If you haven't seen it yet, um, maybe, maybe this, this little clip will spark your interest. This is literally the best Christian film I've ever watched. The truth is we have too many sermons and not enough examples. Mm -hmm. And this, this, this movie is all about examples and it moves people. I'm watching and I almost forget that this isn't a movie. This is real life. It, it's, it's, it's insane. I felt so privileged afterward, like, thank you, Lord. Uh, I wanted everyone to watch it in my family, in our church. Every person in the world has something good and wonderful 
we can stand together against evil. I want that story to be told. We knew we had to go and respond. If you run, we'll run with you, no matter what happens. We hope these things will change the world. Go to the sound of need and trust God to show you how you can be useful. We're, we're telling everyone, you've got to watch this because it will impact the way you view people and the way you view God and the way you view your own life. Picture of the world. We got that? We don't have that picture? Okay. Well, it'll be up for the... Uh, uh, I'm sure the, the digital team will figure out a way that you'll, you'll see it, but you won't see it. All right, so you'll see this picture of the world. And you guys have seen a picture of the world, so you know that there's a big world. And we live in a little dot. And this world is in a big space. And these different continents, places we've never been, what are they? What are they made up of? Great terrain, for sure, great cuisine. But what God cares about most is favorite project can't be built it's found in what he created and he breathed life into his people it's the one who doesn't look like us that doesn't speak our language that we've never seen that god hears it's been said when it comes to worldwide missions you can either pray or go in city life we're all about loving the city one life at a time yep but we're also about loving the world one life at a time. And we're going to share in just a moment that. And I um, want to take you to the truth that risk is real. But the reward is already achieved. Why was Apostle Paul so okay with being beheaded? Sure, he, I mean, I'm sure he wasn't like so okay with it, but why was he willing to? Because he recognized his security with God has already been achieved. And he's received something that this world can't offer. And in light of everything else, this is glorious. But the risk is very real, friends. Rob, I want to call you to the stage. I want to read was a newsletter I subscribed to, and it talks about the persecution of the church all across the world. And just this week, I received a letter. It says, Jerome, Christian teen, Leah Sherabu just had her 18th birthday, but there's no cause for celebration. Tara stole her childhood. Leah was one of 110 schoolgirls who were violated, abducted by the Islamic militia in 2018. The terrorist group refused to release Leah because she wouldn't renounce her Christian faith. Hey, man, you, can, you don't have to believe in Jesus, but I think we can all agree that conversion, they're being forced to, is wrong. And what's crazy we can hear this and think, oh, I, the terrorists are so bad. Christians have done this too. You need to accept Jesus. What? Crusades in the name of Christ. But the cool thing is when you look past bad examples in the church, you're going to find that the message of the church, the text is sacred. It's beautiful. It can be built on. The foundation's perfect. 
That's why the book of Acts and that overview is so cool of what was really taking place, the true church. So now she's spent four birthdays as a, hospi- a hostage. It's been reported that uh, she recently gave birth to her second child while being held captive, kidnapped, held prisoner, forced to carry two children, all before the age of 18. Imagine for a moment it was your daughter. It's a human rights travesty. The Nigerian government has done almost everything, nothing, or almost nothing to save her. Leah and her innocent babies remain the prisoners of murderous terrorists. The world should be utterly outraged. I recently delivered a critical oral intervention directly to the UN demanding action for her. And in just four days, we will make another submission, urging protection for Leah and all persecuted Christians to help ensure that no other Christians have to go through what Leah has experienced. Pray for Leah's freedom, for her two babies currently in the clutches of evil and all of the persecution of Christians going on in Nigeria. Be her voice, sign her petition. And it's from Jordan Sekulow, who's a lawyer that on behalf of persecuted Christians tries to advocate their position uh, to, to national offices, but also international offices. And I read that not to tug on our heartstrings to beat you up and make you feel bad, but it really doesn't matter unless it's ours sometimes, it does it. If we don't see it. Yeah, there's a real risk, but there's an even greater reward. Reward. And so we're loving the city one life at a time, but we're loving the world one life at a time. That's what we're doing. We're loving the world too. Well, you might say, How? Huh. Great question. City Life, we've been taking action. You, you didn't know this. Every time you're tithing, our dollars are going to use. Look at this. In the past few years, we've been able to invest $124,000 in mission work, either equipping leaders, planting churches, or giving to missionaries with one-time donations or ongoing donations. We have one family we support and is getting ready to enter back into their next term. Next term to live and share and eat and laugh, but ultimately to let people know they can be saved. There's a God that loves them. There's a God that loves them. But you want to know what our dream is? Our dream isn't just to give dollars. Our dream is to be intimately connected, to do for one what we wish we could do for all. Our dream is to Somewhere in the 1040 window, they say, you know, the 10 and 40 degree north latitude, there's, a, there's two lines that stretch across our planet. And those two lines are where over 3 billion people live, and it covers the most uh, land in our whole planet. But it's also where 50% plus people are not Christian. That means they don't know Jesus Christ. They don't know the way. That can sound arrogant, but, but if it's the gospel that, of grace that can save people... It's not arrogant. We've, we're in the same boat. We need a Savior. So we're coming amongst. We're saying, oh, we got to do this together. So it's easy to pray. But by all means, may we also raise up people to go. We've been interviewing different mission organizations over the past few years. We've currently saved approximately $25,000 
in that fund, we hope to grow to $100,000. That in one city, to do for one what we wish we could do for all, just like Lansing, in one city across the world, somewhere in the ton 40 window, as the Lord sees fit, if he changes our position. But these are our current dreams. That we don't want to support like 50 uh, missionaries with only 100 bucks. We want to be connected to another part in the world where there's a church, where we can help build a school, where we can help learn from them as well. And that we'll get there. We don't know when, but we're praying and we're preparing. And we're already investing. And we're dreaming so big that God will allow us to be a part of his missions portfolio in a new, neat way, right? So today, we've uh, now put on our giving website a drop-down menu that says Love in the World. And if you want to help invest in that fund long-term, you could do it monthly. You could do it with a one-time gift. We want to grow that pool to $100,000. And then even with the monthly support that we get, that we would be able to invest that capital somewhere across the world and raise up indigenous leaders and empower those pastors and, uh, and just, yeah, just do similar things we're doing here, you know, start businesses, uh, take missions trips there, they take mission trips here, and we're going back. It was just really cool, you know, be connected with a story. And we want an intimate connection, so we're waiting. We're waiting. But we're investing and we're preparing and we're learning from uh, some of the, the, the things we've learned as a team, we've learned as leaders, we've learned from different missionaries, and we're being prompted up in that. And so that fund will be there to continue to grow. We have ties, offerings, uh, love the city, staff support, and now love the world. And I want to encourage all of us, after today's message, will you consider going to the website and investing either one time or a recurring donation in love the world? Because all those funds are going to just grow that pool so that we can continue to grow it. And you might see there's different funds on there. You're like, man, I, I didn't know I could invest in these pools. And then all of our giving first I got tithe on it, all of our tithe. So you might wonder, well, is my tithe even going to it? Absolutely. 10% of everything that comes in, we're investing in missions. 50% of that 10% goes to our local Love the City. 30% goes to global Love the World. And 20% of that tithe goes to ARC church planting, which we have planted over 14 or 418 church plants with ARC. And those churches are planting churches and they're doing mission and it's going so far, farther than ever we could think. We don't always need to see it. God's at work, friend. He's at work, friend. We want to be faithful to what he's given us, to love this world, to love this city one life at a time. So I want to close this in prayer, and I want us to get a little adventurous. I want us to pray risky. Worshiping Jesus, yeah. Fasting, oh yeah. Holy Spirit, come. But man, God might stir up in somebody's heart that one day you got to go. Go in planning, of course. We're a team here. You need leaders. You, 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 we need each other. You, we need a good plan, so don't go without a plan. But be daring enough to pray. You might need to be a local block pastor. You might need to be a block pastor in a region this planet's never seen, reaching a people group that no one's ever met. We would love to empower that and help make that a possible and a reality. And that flows through you. Okay, what would be the first step to that? Look, tell somebody on the dream team you're on. And we're going to dream towards that and keep uh, interviewing and looking at different mission organizations in the year to come, in the years to come. So let's pray for the heart first. Because it doesn't matter if our head's connected. Let's pray for the heart. 
God will give us the how, and he'll tell us what to do with our hands. But we got to have the heart for his heartbeat for the one that we've never seen. We've got to have his heart for his kids. That every tribe and every nation has got a seat at the table. Come. Come. And mean it. Mean it with our time. Mean it with our treasure. Mean it with our talents. City life, let's pray. God, give us your heartbeat for the world. Give us your heartbeat, not just for the backyard, but the world. Let us not be scared. Yes, risk is real, but the reward has already been achieved. We've received Jesus. We received the Spirit to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. Hallelujah, Jesus. And God, we pray that you'll show us how and that we'll go. And we thank you for the people that we are sending, the ones that we are investing in. God, we pray, pray a grace on them that they would grow, not grow weary in doing good. They would feel the power of heaven in their lives. Every uh, Jesus-centered activity across the world right now would feel empowered. Every person that's persecuted would feel comforted. Every injustice that's happening globally would stop right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And it starts with us right here, right now. God, give us your power to love the world and preach your good news and make disciples, signs and wonders, multi-ethnic churches, great gospel work, great good works to the ends of the earth. And if you believe it, say a big amen. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're watching this, you're like, I want in on that adventure. Man, join the dream team here. Be a part of loving this city. We want to love the world. Be a part of that. Start getting messy, getting the adventure. And if you don't know Jesus, it's simple. If you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. He'll erase your sin and make you brand new. We're family here. We're not his only family. We're part of the global family. And we're going to do our part, we pray. We want to be faithful. Faithful. Faithful, faithful, that we're found faithful when he returns. Involved in all of it. Won't be perfect, but faithful. Faithfully getting up in his power. And when we're weak, we're actually strong. So wherever you feel weak today, I pray you feel the strength of heaven calling you into the adventure of what he has. What he has for you in and through us all. We're going to be here next week. Gathering again in the name of Jesus because he's risen. It's already been achieved giving people more opportunity to come back home, taking our dollars to love the city and love the world. We're going to keep doing this. Be in his hands and feet. Uh, be in the church, y'all. Not a building. Being a people that are called on mission with a message that can't be stopped. Unstoppable. So join us 10 a.m. and 1130. All races, all faces, and all ages. You belong here. We're going to keep loving the city one life at a time. And we're also going to keep loving the world one life at a time. And we're not going to stop until he makes all things new. Have the best day of your lives. And right after somebody comes up and shares, I close the message and gives you an invite to join the team. There will be a video that we recorded of a song that's online. And you can get it wherever you listen to music to remind us that it's every tribe in every nation. Have the best day of your lives, y'all. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing Podcast. 
Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.